Welcome to episode 191 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineer Your Own Success and I've traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, Myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. People had their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we've had close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Here's a short preview of this episode in which I'll be speaking with speaker, strategist, and futurist Peggy Smedley where we are talking about cybersecurity and hacking and how it affects us as engineers and also us in our personal lives. There are a lot of scale hacks that happen every day. Some are small, some are large, and there's a lot of things you can do if you're smart to prevent a hack. But let's not be naive as to think there aren't going to happen. But we can do a lot of smart things to prevent them as well. My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best engineer you can be, you must consistently get better, get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we publish this free podcast to help you do just that. As I mentioned in this episode, you will be listening to a conversation between myself and Peggy Smedley. Peggy has been fortunate to be part of ushering in the M2M Internet of Things era by connecting people and companies through the written and spoken word, helping them grasp how technology will alter their direction. Peggy is an award-winning journalist. She has enjoyed a career covering the Internet of Things, manufacturing and construction technology in 2008, and now 550-plus episodes later, The Peggy Smedley Show, PeggySmedleyShow.com, is a must-listen-to podcast every Tuesday at 12 noon Central Time. During the past two decades, Peggy has helped write or collaborate on eight published books, including her own Mending Manufacturing, How America Can Manufacture Its Survival, a book detailing all aspects of American manufacturing crisis. Now, before we get started with Peggy, this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free, so please support them. Now, I'd like to recognize our sponsors for this episode. Firstly, I would like to recognize our sponsor, PPI, by reminding you... To listen up later on in this episode for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. Don't miss it. I would also like to recognize and welcome our other sponsor for this episode, WPI. The Engineering Career Coach Podcast is sponsored by Worcester Polytechnic Institute, offering online graduate degree and certificate programs in a variety of engineering disciplines. Whether you're looking to develop new skills or refresh your knowledge base, their expert faculty can help. And while their campus is home to over 150 years of engineering tradition and innovation, their most popular graduate programs are available 100% online. Stay tuned for more about WPI later in this episode. Now, let me bring you into our conversation with Peggy with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. The quote is from Dan Kaminsky. It is a fairly open secret that almost all systems can be hacked somehow. It is a less spoken of secret that such hacking 
has actually gone quite mainstream. All right, now I am really excited to welcome on award-winning journalist and host of the Peggy Smedley Show, Peggy Smedley. Peggy, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, really excited to have you, Peggy. You've got a, a tremendous amount of great content out there online and a lot of things that are very important, of course, to engineers and technical professionals, which we're going to dive into today, of course. Before we get into it, Peggy, before we get into infrastructure and hacking and all of these things that we're excited to talk to you about, tell us about yourself a little bit. How'd you get into this whole, into what you're doing now? Because you're really all over the place in terms of you're out there, you're getting great content out there, you're on top of these topics. What brought you to this? You know, I've been uh, in the technology business for a very long time, probably longer than I want to admit. But uh, I started uh, covering just, uh, you know, as a journalist, started out as a journalist and then started covering manufacturing. And I started understanding the crisis in American manufacturing, wrote a book, Mending Manufacturing, and saw that we started losing all of the manufacturing. And then as time just went on, you start getting so entrenched in everything and realize what's happening. And, you know, I was the crazy mom that wouldn't buy anything that wasn't purchased in the United States. And you start seeing a lot of the similarities of what's happening. And now we see what's happening that we've lost our manufacturing base. And we see what's happening now, the similarities of we've, we've lost our manufacturing and the technology. And now that similarity is happening in construction. And as time goes on, you start seeing similarities in trends and vertical markets and just you start seeing in technology and, and everything that's happening. And so over time, I just started interviewing a lot of smarter people than I am. And you start becoming very knowledgeable by interviewing lots of people. And over time, I've interviewed hundreds of people who are really smart in the space. And I just started really getting excited about the technology and wanting to understand it. And now when we talk about the problems of security and protecting things, I think we don't understand just how critical all of this is. And when we talk about our infrastructure and we talk about critical infrastructure and we talk about roads, bridges, or just critical things in our data, I think sometimes we don't realize just how serious it is. But it started just from a basic understanding of being a journalist and interviewing great people. It's amazing. It's great. And it's PeggySmedleyShow.com. You can see all of the episodes. There's so much content there. You should definitely check it out. But to get into it now, Peggy, just to start off, our listeners are engineers of different kinds, mechanical, electrical, civil, and other technical professionals. And the first thing I want to ask you about is critical infrastructure. What encompasses that? And the reason I want to start with that is because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word infrastructure, they think bridges or roadways, which are part of infrastructure, but they forget about all the other stuff. So can you talk about what that encompasses? And it's kind of interesting because when you think of infrastructure, we all hear about our physical infrastructure, which is our, you just described, and we hear about that, which are roads, bridges, dams. And, you know, we hear about the report card that was a D plus that we got from ASCE. And that's what we think about, right? But the physical threats, our tangible property, that's what you're really talking about, critical infrastructure. And those are threats to our electronic systems or our computer attacks. And those critical infrastructures fall into those two categories. And that's what we are most concerned about, because if you think back about it, back in 1996, President Bill Clinton signed an executive order 
And I think the number was 13010, if I'm correct. And that's what it, and it, and it actually was first emerged back into the early 1990s. But back in 1996 is when he signed that new order that actually kind of defined these critical infrastructures in two categories. And then now, since then, things have changed. And the Department of Homeland Security has now defined it into 16 critical infrastructure categories that are vital to the United States. And I could probably go through those for you. But basically, if you're trying to understand it, they break down to like chemical, manufacturing, critical manufacturing, defense, emergency, energy, government facilities like healthcare and public, uh, information technology, uh, nuclear reactors, transportation, water and wastewater. Think about a hacker getting into our water systems, how deadly that would be. We think about our utility systems, a hacker getting into those. So, and there's so many others, you know, communication and those 16 are what go on there. And and those are the list of them. Financial services, think about them getting into our banking systems, right? Those are the ones, our food, our agriculture, right? A hacker getting into those. Those are those critical ones that we think about on a daily basis that if a bad guy, a nefarious character gets into one of those, we're all going to be, you know, needless to say, really upset. And that's what we're most concerned about on a daily basis. And you mentioned the word before hacked. So let's go there. Should we be concerned that our critical infrastructure is being hacked? Do you have examples of that? Or I think we always have to be, our infrastructure right now is old. I mean, our grids are old. They haven't been updated. And we are, and let's be honest, systems right now, our government, our information systems, our white hackers are trying to do as best as they can to keep at bay the bad guys. So anything can be hacked. When someone tells you it can't be, what, they've not been on the dark web. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bad people out there, but there's a lot of great people out there. And everybody's doing their job to keep things at so that they're not hacked. But yes, anything can be hacked. And we've seen it right now, you know, in 2017, look at the Equifax breach. I think there were 147 million consumers were affected by the Equifax breach. 2016, Uber was reported having hackers, and we're hearing all about those. And I think that affected more than 57 million. In 2016, Yahoo accounts were hacked. I mean, we hear about it every day. So there are a lot of hacks. And look at what happened. Let's go back to the target breach. I mean, that target breach, if you look at that, affected 110 million records. A claim cost was over $252 million. 90 million of that was from insurance proceeds. And the breach came through. What did it come through? An HVAC hacker that Target used to monitor refrigeration units. So I think when we think about these things, a lot of things happen. And I mean, there are a lot of scale hacks that happen every day. Some are small, some are large. And there's a lot of things you can do if you're smart to prevent a hack. But let's not be naive as to think there aren't going to happen. But we can do a lot of smart things to prevent them as well. Yeah, I think one of the things, too, that's a little bit that makes things, I don't want to say misleading, but when you have something that's as terrible as like 9-11, where we had these buildings fall and so many people get killed, it's very visible and it's very physical. And so everybody can see it and people get scared about it. But these a lot of these other sectors... Millions of people might get hacked and it might not affect you in any way. You may not see it. You may not hear about it. And so you may not even be aware of it. 
I think that there's a lot more risk out there than people are aware of just because some of the bigger things that have happened in our country, you're very aware of them. You see them, you'll never forget them. But there's these other things that are happening as well that we're not aware of, which, and you know, more people have to be aware of. And that's one of the reasons that we asked Peggy to just to come on the show and talk about these things. So Peggy, to, to keep rolling here, let's get into IoT, or also known as the Internet of Things. What is that for our listeners that aren't familiar with it? You've done a lot on this. And how does this new IoT technology put us at risk in terms of our engineering systems? Most of your listeners understand, I would assume they understand the Internet of Things. I mean, we've been writing about it for a very long time, and it's the collection of data. We talk about data every day, and it's the connects people, devices, networks, objects, things, you know, and now we talk about it in the cloud and the edge and how much information you're you're gathering. But it's the interpretation of real-time information those, so that real-time data can be acted upon. And that's that whole concept of everything. But it's got to be data that's acted upon. Connecting, you know, an SMS message, is there data there? No, you're not doing that. There's got to be real transfer of information. So I think when we're providing data and the information that can be acted, that's really what we're doing. Equipment that's connected, that sends alert when a tank needs to be filled. You know, materials and employees are connected to track them. When you have a a vending machine and you know that you know that row J is empty and you want that Snickers bar at three o'clock and it sends a message and so somebody can go there and fill it up and they know to do something and there's an action that's taking place. Things are happening. Sensors are embedded on our roads, our bridges, and we know that that road bridges had to be repaired. Those are actionable things that are happening. That's what's happening. That's what the Internet of Things is all about. And I think those are the kind of things that we're talking about, what the Internet of Things are, is all about every day. Before we go on here, I'd like to take a one-minute break, and I'd like to thank Worcester Polytechnic Institute for sponsoring this episode of the Engineering Career Coach. Their online graduate degree and certificate programs are specifically designed for the working engineer. Take classes led by world-renowned faculty in a part-time, 100% online setting. We're talking about more than 15 of their most popular programs all online. Data science, environmental engineering, mechanical engineering, robotics, fire protection engineering, construction project management, and many more. Visit go2.wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C to explore online graduate programs. That's go2.wpi.edu wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C or click the URL in our show notes. Seriously, if you've been thinking about grad school but don't want to put your career on hold, look into WPI. Let's talk more about the critical infrastructure. Let's get back to that because I think that that's something that our listeners are really attuned to or at least should be and want to be. How can we protect this? You gave us all these examples. I know you said people are working on it, but how can we protect our critical infrastructure? Where do we need to start? It's an interesting thing. I mean, just we were talking about the IoT, but IoT attacks were up 600% by some, these are semantics numbers in 2017, 600%. Think about those numbers. So how do we protect it, right? And you think about that and you say, how do we protect when we know that things are going to be attacked? And I described simply by an HVAC contractor going in through Target, and that's how it was. We have to be smart at what we do. 
Today, the bad guys are very, very smart at what they do. What they're doing every day is they're going at something and they're smart at the way they send an email, right? They're doing something that is super, super quick. And so what they do is if you don't change your passwords regularly, what's happening, they know to think. They send you an email that looks so convincing. You know what? I can tell you right now, Walmart is not sending you a TV. So if you get an email that says, hey, you just want a free TV, don't click on it, right? I mean, we all know that. But here's the bigger thing that I want to share with you is that you have to really not be fooled by some basic things. I mean, 65% of companies have been tricked by not changing their passwords. They don't change their passwords on a regular basis. Think about that. If you're not doing that, you have to have ransomware. You know, you have to have, look at, I shouldn't say you have to have ransomware. I'm saying that wrong is ransomware attacks are what are actually coming in and are growing more than, I think the number, if I looked at it, 350% because people don't have ransomware. These are things you have to have on your systems. So we have to be having plans of attack. Companies have to have company-wide policies. And I think not enough companies are, and we talk about it, but we all say, okay, yeah, I'll change my password. Do you know that the typical password people still use are one, two, three, four, five, six, because they don't change it enough. And we need to constantly remind people, change your password every couple of months, every month, constantly change it. You think that you don't do it and you're like, I don't remember my password, so I don't want to change it. Those are the biggest mistakes people make. But if you do the right things, you can prevent from being hacked. That's really good advice because I'm sure most people don't change their passwords on a regular basis. I think that's a safe assumption. I go back with the basic thing. First thing is education and training. That would probably be the first thing I would say. Education and training, constantly repetition, education and training to do the basics, changing your password on a regular basis. And if you keep that and you have a cyber security risk plan in place, everybody has a company-wide policy, you will certainly reduce the risk of being attacked. So anything else, you got to be consistent with things. You got to keep updating your stuff. You got to change your passwords. And it's one of those things that you don't want to not do because the risks are very high if something happens. Why is it so important to involve everyone in the construction of our critical infrastructure? Think about this. If you don't involve someone, just like we described, well, think about all the people in construction that we have. When I think about just what we're talking about in construction or in any business, you know, in construction, we have a lot of, I always call them cast of characters. We have the owner, we have the architect, the engineer, the GC, the sub. There's a lot of people. A lot of people have to collaborate. All it takes is one person not to do the right thing, and that's where you get a hack, right? It's just one person who opens up something and that's the bad email, that's something. And it just takes that one thing that you spread that virus. And it's very one person who doesn't pay attention to the security parameters and that's where the hack happens. So companies on construction projects, everybody's involved in that and everybody. So small companies work on a lot of big projects that's where the bigger challenge happens. If you're not all working together, working in tandem, that's where the risks happen. There's more places of risk. There's more people. There's more data points. There's more places where something can break down. 
Yeah. And I think if you're not thinking about that, you're not thinking about working together. It's like any business. You have to work together and think about all the parties involved. I mean, in in construction, we have we use BIM technology, collaborative solutions. And if you're thinking about passing files and we pass files a lot in the construction industry, in any industry we do, but we have to share a lot of documents. And if we're doing that and we're not thinking about if one of them has a virus, well, just think about how you're going to shut down a construction job site. So looking forward, Peggy, do you believe that we're going to continue to see more occurrences of hacking in our critical infrastructure? I think we're going to see occurrences in everything. So the answer is yes. I would hate to think our critical infrastructure. Now, let's be clear about what we just described, our critical infrastructure, because if our water gets hacked, we are in big trouble. If our financial systems get hacked, we are in big trouble. So let's hope that our public and private partnerships, our government entities are doing all that they have to prevent critical infrastructure hacks. Do our companies and businesses, are we doing all that we can do right now? I'm not sure that we are. But right now, if our critical infrastructures get hacked, we are in a lot of trouble. But I think right now, 70% of organizations say that they believe they have a security risk is what they have. That was from the Ponymon Institute in 2017. And I remember this number because it's stuck in my head. Because if 70% of organizations say they believe that there's a security risk, they could be facing it. That's a problem to me because they believe there's a security risk increased significantly in 2017. They're still not confident in what they're doing. So that means if they're not, what are we saying in general? That we still believe that there's a lot of risk out there in connecting all these devices because we're connecting more every day. The pace of change is increasing. The pace of devices we connect increases. So we're not doing all the things. Now, the good news is we have a lot of companies that are getting better at putting security in the devices that we connect. But are the companies themselves doing the right things to make sure what they're doing on each of their ends? That's the challenge. You know, we've got to make sure we're putting the right antivirus software on, constantly updating it. You got to do the right things. Some of the onus has to be on all of us as consumers and not just always on the manufacturers. The manufacturers are doing the best they can as well. Are there any specific challenges that you see that we're going to continue to face in the months and years ahead, like specific attacks? or The bad guys are never going to slow down, right? It's like a game to them. There's an increasing number of things that will be connected to the internet, as I just mentioned. And I think we need to make sure these things, as I described, whatever these things are that we connect, whether it's our watch or connected watch, connected health monitor, you know, pacemaker, whatever it may be, is secure. You know, at the same time, the challenge that we talk about in construction and manufacturing, we're facing, let's just talk construction for a second, a skilled labor shortage and businesses won't have the time or the resources to ensure that all these things are secure. So we have a manpower shortage, a labor shortage, you know, women shortage, all of them. In, in construction alone, only 9% of our labor is, is female. We're talking 2.3 million shortage is of workers. In manufacturing is about 2 million. Fleets is just under 2 million, you know, in the fleet industry. So if you look at these across the board, there's a shortage. So people are rushing fast and furiously to do things. Are they making sure everything they're connecting is secure? I'm not sure that that's happening. 
So if we look at these numbers and all these industries, even the food industries suffering from skilled people to do what they need to do to get the jobs done. So if that's what's happening, is everybody making sure every time they do something, every part of the time to make sure it's secure when they connect a new product to something, they connect something to the internet to make sure it's secure? I'm not sure that they are. And many people admit it, the companies they admit it, and they don't have the skilled people to make sure they know what they're doing all the time. They don't have the resources to do it. That's the challenge. All right. So we're talking to Peggy Smedley here from the Peggy Smedley Show. We're going to take a quick break and come back and wrap this one up with our Take Action Today segment where we're going to kind of just a little bit summarize this and talk about what you can do in terms of your own security or the security of your company in terms of some of these risks. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show where I'm going to ask Peggy to speak on our own individual cybersecurity to wrap this episode up. But before we get into that, we need to, of course, pay for the production of this show, which is free, and our sponsors help us do that. So I do want to take another moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Do you want to advance in your career but not sure where to start? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to grow in your profession is to get your engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Visit PPI2Pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. For a little extra encouragement, I have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TECC8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TECC and the number eight. All right, we're back with Peggy Smedley from the Peggy Smedley Show. We were talking about our critical infrastructure and really more importantly, hacks on our critical infrastructure systems. And we want to kind of wrap it up here in the take action segment like we usually do. And I want to kind of focus this on two levels. First of all, the individual level, because we know obviously you're listening, you're an individual, you might want to take action. And I think, Peggy, from what you've said so far, it sounds to me like as an individual, the best thing you can do is really focus on your own internet security in terms of your passwords and things of that nature. Is that right? I would absolutely say if you're doing the right things to change your password, that's the best thing you can do for yourself and your company is constantly change your password because you're protecting everyone around you. Well, one other question I have for you in regards to your individual online security, how about all these shared file sites like the Dropboxes and such? Is it the same idea of just changing your password? I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I've heard things that like, and not just pointing out Dropbox, but any like of these shared file servers. All of them have their own security in them now. They didn't used to have the proper security, any of these Dropboxes that you reference. So again, like those, again, changing your password anytime you use a Dropbox or anything that you're using is those share folders that you're using, you change your password. It's like doing anything in social media, anything you're doing, again, change your password because if you don't keep changing your password, you're leaving yourself vulnerable because a lot of things are very accessible. People can find out a lot about you up on the internet. 
So as much as you can constantly change that password, it's the smartest thing to do. And then in terms of globally, what needs to happen in order to address the, and I don't mean, when I say globally, I'm saying, let's just say here in the United States, what needs to happen to address these challenges? Earlier on in the episode, you mentioned like public-private partnerships in terms of our critical infrastructure. What does it look like in big picture for us to be able to stop or be prepared for these types of attacks? Think about it this way. Some cities have deeper pockets and can invest in technology, can invest in doing things because they're big cities. Think about these smaller municipalities. They don't have the resources. So they have to look for tech companies to help them to stay current on their water and infrastructure systems. So public and private partnerships are going to enable them to do that. So when we talk about these big investments like you know, where Google or Amazon wants to move into a city or a town, that's where those investments are going to help because they're going to build out infrastructure and things like that. That's what needs to happen. And so they can help make a city or a town boom because they can help invest in that and they can help make those infrastructures in those communities safer and much more secure. So that's where that's going to happen because tax dollars alone aren't going to do it. Those big tech companies are going to have to, and other companies are going to have to help in some of this. And I think that's where we're going to always make sure things are a little bit secure and we're going to protect ourselves. Peggy, before we let you go here, any last words that you want to share about this topic or anything out there that you've been covering lately that you want to share with the audience? I would just say, you know, the pace of change is changing very rapidly. If you think at all that you're going to catch up to it, you're not. Just remember, it has never, ever been as fast and going to get any slower. So just remember that keep in mind that keep a purpose and remember, forge ahead as individuals and as working teams because the change is constant. That's great. And once again, Peggy Smedley. Peggy is an award-winning journalist, the host of the Peggy Smedley Show, PeggySmedleyShow.com. And she has a podcast that I think there's over 550 plus episodes. Check it all out on the website. She's got tons of great stuff. Peggy, thank you for spending some time with us on the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it today. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Peggy Smedley. I know it can cause some concern, all this cybersecurity. I'm definitely going to change my passwords after that conversation, but it is something we need to be aware of, which is why I wanted to talk to her about it and bring the information to you. And one thing I'll just also say as we start to move towards the end of 2018 here, thanks again for all your support. Our listeners make this show really what it is. And we do have some new updated courses and programs on our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. We'll actually be launching an updated version of our goal setting course, which is now goal setting and decision making. And the reason we've added that in is because I get emails from engineers every day who need to make important decisions in their careers. We want to help you to be able to do that. All of our courses are located on our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. And when you go to the website, there's a tab for training and you can find everything you need there along with all of our free content as well. We would love to hear your feedbacks as we always do. Feedback, comments, and or questions on this specific episode, just go to our website, engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Look for Engineering Career Coach Podcast Ep 191, and you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that Peggy or I mentioned during this episode. And until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode 
will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.